The Ask a CEO Show is brought to you by Lorraine Gregory Communications, an award-winning agency telling personal and brand stories for more than 30 years. From strategy to production and execution, they are a true full-service agency. Check them out today at LorraineGregory.com. Welcome, everyone, to the Ask a CEO Show. Ask a CEO interviews bring us inside the corner office and C-suite for discussions with top executives about their journey to leadership and the reality of running their companies today. Our host, Greg Demetrio, is the CEO of Lorraine Gregory Communications, an award-winning integrated marketing company. He is also the founder of gregscorneroffice.com, the home of the Ask a CEO interviews. Greg has been in the business for over 30 years. He is a resource to the media, an invited columnist and speaker on marketing and business topics. Over the years, Greg has talked to hundreds of CEOs and executives about what it took to make it to the corner office and what it is really like being the leader of their companies. And now he brings those conversations to you. Here's Greg now. Welcome everybody to Ask a CEO. I'm Greg Demetrio, the CEO of Lorraine Gregory Communications, and this is Ask a CEO. It's an interview series that takes us inside the C-suite of major corporations to find out what the reality is in running these companies. Today, we have a very special guest. Uh, many of you are going to know who it is. Uh, he's a 35-year business veteran here on Long Island. Uh, he's, he's, uh, he's run uh, many, many, many well-known uh, projects. He's involved with so many boards of directors, I can't list them all. He's a philanthropist. He's an entrepreneur. Um, he's a banker. He's a real estate investor. Um, he's the president and CEO of Law Home Improvements. You're going to remember that from the days of the Extreme Home Makeover. Sal and his crew uh, piloted eight different homes that they built uh, for that show, which is amazing. I think that's where I actually met Sal on the TV, quite frankly. And I had the pleasure of meeting him in real life soon thereafter. Um, so Sal is, he's a VIP. What can I say? He's a VIP. He's an icon here on Long Island. He's the voice of the business community throughout New York State. He's the voice of construction. Uh, he's spirited many, many campaigns to change the way the government looks at construction and how they interact. And I'm very proud to have Sal here. And I'm very proud to call him my friend. Welcome, Sal. Thanks for showing up. Appreciate it. Thank you, Greg. That was uh, by far one of the most impressive introductions I ever got. I hope you recorded <laughs> this because I want to send it to my mother. <laughs> I'd love to. I'd love to. We'll make a special copy just for her. Yeah. So the Ask a CEO has always been about the journey to the C-suite. But because of the COVID situation, we've kind of changed it up a little bit because I'm really talking to CEOs from different industries. What about what their experience has been? I mean, I know you've been on several interviews before and you've said it again, but my audience may not have heard it from you. So I know that you're in the construction business. How did you keep the operation going or were you able to keep it going at all? Well, you know what? I'm in the construction business, but our business is the people business, just like your business. Every business is the people business. The governor gave us an executive order saying, um, you know, we had to shut down. But in the executive order, there were certain allowances to do certain things. OK, um, first and foremost, I had to focus on the people part of the business. What does that mean? 
it means safety, security. It means I had to put the people first, uh, my employees and their families and our clients and all our trade contractors. And I had to worry about, you know, what was um, uh, important, uh, their, their, their safety and their well-being. What did we have to do to ensure that our moves were putting their safety and well-being first? Um, you know, business is important. We got to make sure the business is going to be here, but we couldn't do anything that was going to jeopardize that. And then we looked at the executive order and, okay, what were we allowed to do? Well, the executive order didn't leave a lot of loopholes in there. So we had to basically partially shut down. Uh, there were some things we could do, some emergency work, repair work, some things that were allowed to be done with uh, one man or one person crews. But for the most part, we had to strategically um, put pair the company down and put us in a position where we can do partial work, uh, change our message, uh, change our marketing message, create a new way of doing business to ensure we'd be here. But when the governor said, hey, you can go back to work, which, by the way, is now. Today. So yes, you today. mentioned you mentioned that you changed your marketing message. That was one of my questions further down in the interview. I know you've done certain things because I've recognized them. Could you tell the audience what you changed and why you changed it? On the moment we had, it wasn't business as, as usual. So if you're going out there saying the same thing, you're telling people that you're not cognizant of what's going on. You had to let them know, hey, we know what's going on out there, and we've made some changes. Uh, number one, again, to what I said earlier, safety and the well-being of our employees, their families, our clients, uh, that's first. We know what's happening out there, and we've made some changes. We've created virtual selling. We've created an online showroom. We've created contactless measuring and estimated. We've created ways you can do business with us in order. I apologize. We've created ways you can do business with us during this period of time that you could feel safe and you could feel comfortable. And you don't have to have that concern that, hey, am I going to get sick? So you don't have to put your things off. You can start doing some Very new good. research now. And everything with no pressure. It's not about selling now. It's about giving you an opportunity to do something now for when it's time to yeah, do the business. Exactly. It's exactly the message that I've told my clients. It's not about selling now. It's about being part of the greater community. It's about talking about the well-being of the greater community and how you play a part in that. Many businesses don't realize that they need to be a voice for the community. And the stronger voice that they have, the better business they're going to have. And I know you've done that your whole, your whole business life. That's who you are, is being out there in the community. So I, I commend you for that. And it just, it just naturally morphs into the business side. So I, I was not surprised when you said that, quite frankly. I knew, I knew what you were doing you. and how you were doing it. And, and it's a good thing that CEOs need to understand the show is Ask a CEO, and the reason we ask CEOs is to find out what their mindset is, right? So you telling me, I might not have been exposed to that before, but now I know, hey, that's a good way to go, right? So that's what, what part of these shows are about, and I appreciate that, that comment from you. So you talked about your day-to-day -day operations. You had to make some changes, right? So in looking at it now that we're starting to get ready to come out of this, do you see any of those changes that may become permanent? Most definitely. I look at some of these changes and I sit back and I say, why didn't we do this sooner? 
So when you think about this, um, you know, challenges are what forces you to innovate. Okay, so these challenges have created pressure on us to innovate. So a CEO's part of a CEO's job is to anticipate, and we've navigated through this crisis. And as we're navigating, I've tried to anticipate. I've tried to be ahead of things. And many times, my staff and my COO Doug and my Vice President Lisa have uh, said, "You know what? You know you were ahead of this, and this is great. We did this before." And maybe I was a little behind it. But I look at some of these innovations and some of the, the things we've put in place, and I say this is part of the new norm, but this is part of who we will be, and it's part of what will allow us to grow and navigate a bigger future. It'll allow us to uh, you know, take this region, take a bigger market share, but I do believe the market will shrink, yep. uh, but it'll allow us to take a bigger market share. Uh, the one thing we're fortunate about, uh, Greg, in our industry is – some business that is lost will be dead business, but some business that is lost that was lost will be deferred business. I do believe a lot of business in the construction industry is deferred business. Some will be dead. People have just lost jobs, economically can't do it, but a lot of it was deferred business. They put it off <clears throat> until it was safer, until you know this is passed on. And now that's deferred, we'll be able to now pick up where we lost move forward, and create new business. And all this stuff that we put in place will make us more efficient and actually much more effective than we were previously. You know, that's that's a, that's a, a tune that I've been hearing from most of the CEOs is that, hey, I wonder why we didn't do this before. I mean, I even heard that from one of the executive directors at the hospital. And he said, you know what? We found out stuff that we could jettison because it was just clogging up the works. So that's a great, it's great. You know, remember 2008, 2009, we kind of, this is kind of round two, 2.0, a little yes. stronger than, than 08 and 09, but we've learned in 809, we made innovations in 809, right? And now we go into the big, it's like going to the big leagues now because the, it's going to be different. Like you said, the market's going to be small. There's no question. So if it's small, you need to get a bigger slice. So, and I yeah. think 2008 and 2009 actually prepared us for this as well. I agree. Because we went we went through such great times before that. We got hit, and we got hit hard, and our region got hit unlike it has in the past in a recession. We learned, and I think we were better positioned this time than we were for 2008. It was a shell shock from the first time around. We kind of, oh, my God, I saw this coming. I did this before. <laughs> we, we, we had the whole We had the whole kit ready. <laughs> I didn't really want to do it again, but okay, right? So listen, so I know that you're very, very uh, cognizant of the culture you have in Allure. How have you been able to maintain that in, in this horrible lockdown situation? Have you been able to keep that group together? It's, it's, been, um, it's been a tale of two cities. Uh, I, I, I guess uh, with the furloughs, and, uh, uh, it's, it's, it's been hard. You know, letting people go during a time of, a time of economic uh, uncertainty is hard. It's difficult because when you have a close-knit culture of people that you care about, uh, people that you've been with a long time, we, we have tremendous uh, tenure here. Oh. It's, it's horrible. It's terrible. You lose sleep. And that part of the culture is very difficult. The part of the team that we were able to hold on to and keep, uh, the way we've stayed in touch is through a lot of communication. Communication is very important. I think uh, CEOs that, that hide in the Ivy Tower are uh, 
really making a big mistake because communication is the best way to maintain culture. It's the best way to uh, improve morale, show people appreciation, and just move a team forward. So yeah. we've done a, a lot of communication, uh, emails, uh, texts, uh, letting people know that you're there, that you're leading the team. This is the most uncertain, time, unprecedented times we've lived through. And I've managed through uh, 9-11. I've managed through uh, Superstorm Sandy, 2008. So I've managed through very difficult times. And I've managed through these times through containing what's going on, trying to um, put a plan together. Every time it was a plan, wrote the plan down, managed the plan, so on and so forth. This time, you can't really come up with a plan because the government, the doctors, nobody knows what's going on. So this time, my team, you know, everybody, the business leaders, everybody was worried. Nobody knew what was going on. Yeah. So out of all the times I've ever managed, Greg, this is the time I felt the most uncertainty and insecurity from my team. And I feel this is the time they needed from me confidence. To be involved. They needed yeah. Yeah. Confidence to be involved, to hear from me, whether it was good, bad, or ugly, just from to hear from me what's going on yeah. and to see a positive outlook. Yeah. Well, here at Lorraine Gregory, what I did was because I was home, and what we did was we did a daily Zoom meeting. Every, all, all hands on deck, kicked it around. What's going on in your department? What's going on in your department? This is what I see. Let's get on this. Let's do that. That really carried us through. I, I know it did. It, it, sometimes it felt foolish to do because you weren't in, in, in the room with the people, but it was necessary. And I, I absolutely agree with that. Communication is key. Matter of fact, I think I have an article coming up in LIBN this week called Communication is Key. And it's about talking. It's about being out there and not hiding hiding in like the ivory tower. So here's, here's one for you. We're just on the cusp of reopening. And people are getting pretty vocal about what they want to do, what they're not going to put up with anymore. Uh, you were fortunate. Your industry is fortunate. You were named in phase one, right? Open it up a little bit so it's really great in the construction side. But what do you think is going to happen in terms of reopening? What do you think that's going to look like for the rest of the business community here on Long Island? And and what how long do you think it's going to take to get to somewhere where we might even think about it being normal? Uh, I don't know what the new norm will be, but I do know one thing. I think phase one is going to play a huge role in what happens going forward. If uh, we screw it up, it's going to hurt the rest of uh, the region. Uh, I urge the rest of the phase one participants, I urge all of the people in phase one to play by the rules. If we play by the rules and we truly uh, do our part and be part of the solution, we'll get to phase two quicker. I, I have been pressuring my team to wear masks, to sanitize, to clean their hands, social distance. Uh, I'm a supporter of contact tracing because I believe it'll be an answer to allow us to open and get back to somewhat of a normal uh, place. And Greg, the only way we're going to do that is if phase one goes well. So I can't give you a complete answer of the time because we're only getting to phase one today. But if phase one goes well, I think it'll be quickly because they're going to see that people are cooperating. And if they see people cooperating, they're going to say, wow, this works. I believe we need to get out. We need to get out, Greg. Oh because my goodness. people being locked down, it's not good. It's not it's good. It's not good. good on a lot of levels. It's not good emotionally, physically, 
mentally, it's just, it's not good. We need to get out. So people are now voicing that and they're going, hey, wait a minute, I had enough of this. We, we, we flattened the curve. So now what are we going to do? So, but you know what's funny though? America's never laid down from a fight, right? We, we're not going to lay down from this one. We won't. And what you just said is so important. I've been telling everybody, if we're together in this and we follow the rules, whether we agree with all of them or not, right? If we follow those rules, we'll come out of here in a better place, right? I always say to everybody, we, we want to remember where we were when the door got shut. Where were we? We were doing fine. The economy was great. Everybody was working. You couldn't find good people anymore because everybody was working and we're all good, right? And then boom, the end. So now if you don't look where you were before, you've got nothing to shoot at, right? So my... I say, guys, listen, we know what we were doing before. Let's do everything we can to gain as much of that back as possible so that we can go forward. We're not here for 30 years for no reason. We're here for 30 years because we have a business. It's a valuable business. And we don't want it to wilt on the vine. I mean, what did I say? I used to say when I bought the business that failure was not an option. You know, it's not. It's not. It's just not. I want that problem again. I want the problem that labor is hard to find again. Yeah. It's like having a village and there'd be no parking. Everybody complains there's no parking. That's a good problem to have. They had that problem in Patchogue and people complained. That's a good problem to have. They used to have a problem in Patchogue. There was too much parking. And Mayor Paul Pontieri said, that's a problem when there's too much parking. And now they have not enough parking. That's That's a a problem. problem. You know what? Work on that problem. Right now, there's too much labor. And let me tell you, I don't know what's right or wrong, but I do know one thing. The rule is to wear masks, to do, to do the protocol that's put in place. We have to follow the rules. Whatever your personal beliefs are, whatever your politics are, we need to put our politics aside. We need to be the leaders in this industry. We need to be the leaders in the region. I know my, my industry has a huge economic impact, huge economic impact on our region. Oh the construction industry employs thousands upon thousands of people. The supply chain is enormous. The people, the drivers, the restaurants, we, the, the, the places we eat, so on and so forth. With that being said, having us in phase one will have an economic impact. It will start the region going. With that being said, it'll get momentum going. Boom, we get to phase two. We start moving forward. The next part is the hospitals. I'm on the board of Huntington Hospital. I am very proud of that hospital. I love that hospital. I just talked to Nick. I just interviewed Nick Fitterman the other day. What an incredible guy. What an incredible job they did up there. My goodness. Special, special hospital, special man, Dr. Fitterman. We are now at a pilot program with our visitors. We have been uh, number one community hospital in New York State. Number one, top 1% of orthopedics in in the country. This is a special place. People don't realize how special this hospital is in New York State. And right now, we are uh, just in a place where we can have elective surgery. We can move forward. Yeah. We were a place where we couldn't take patients. There's the opposite that happens. When we overwhelm the, ho- the healthcare system, people die, not just from COVID-19. They die from mm. other things. You yeah. can't treat heart attacks, strokes, yeah. other things. So it's not only about, hey, COVID-19 isn't that serious. You're not dying. I'm not telling you right or wrong. I'm telling you. Overwhelming the healthcare system kills people outside of COVID-19. Let's take a break from the from, from overwhelming the healthcare system. Slow it down. 
keep this curve beyond flattened, take it slow, listen to the rules. We will move forward. The economy will be great and we will get a vaccine and we will get back to a life that we all can enjoy. I was going to, I was going to ask, I was going to ask you for your parting advice to CEOs, but I think you've covered most of it. I'm so, sorry. Sal, <laughs> I really, really appreciate you taking the time today. I know you're very busy. I know you're, you're trying to get a handle on this phase one conversion today. So I thank you very, very much. And, and I wish you well. And I wish all the, the people watching that we come out of this safe, healthy, and we can all move forward together. So thank you, Sal. Much appreciated. Thank you, Greg, for what you're doing. That's a wrap on another Ask a CEO interview. We hope you enjoyed the talk. We'd love to hear from you. Visit gregscorneroffice.com, click the Ask a CEO tab, search your favorite listening app, or view on YouTube. Click the subscribe button. And don't forget to like and follow us on Facebook. Until next time, goodbye from Ask a CEO.